Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam, we just had our first YouTube live and it was amazing if I do say so myself and I do say so myself. Listen, learn, take notes, tell your mama, cousins and them because we had a time, honey. We had a time last night. <laughs> we are live. Welcome to, right? This is our first Brown Ambition Live, right? It is. I feel very like it's a party, but also it's kind of (laughs) like a sad party. That's like, wait, yeah, wait. Okay, so this is for session day, July 28th, 2020. We welcome you. Hey, 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 BA fam. This, yes, is our our very first Brown Ambition Live YouTube event. So it's time for some real talk, all things recession. It is July 28th, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you know what it really means that after weeks of hype, we finally have our first clues on whether or not we are really, truly in a recession, and the answer might surprise you, and we're going to talk about how it's going to impact you, and we're going to also talk about you know, what you can do um, to not only survive, but thrive through whatever it is economics or, um, economics or economics economists are saying, right? So just so you yeah. know, typically folks say like a, cause I don't want to say economists again and say, wrong. Oh, I got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs> economists call a recession. It's called a recession when the GDP, which is the gross, um, oh my gosh. Gross domestic domestic product. I'm sorry. I got you, girl. You. I'm like, if we don't know, I'm gonna Google real quick. <laughs> we got this. Declined for two consecutive quarters. I mean, six months in a row. So the GDP really is like um, uh, goods and services, right? Um, and so for a country. And so we just found out that yes, that has happened. Um, and we just completed the second quarter of the year as of today. So right on cue, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis released their advanced estimate of economic growth this morning. And Mandy's going to tell you what's the deal. What do they say? So we can <sighs> gorge your loins. Okay. Yes. <laughs> gorge your loins. <laughs> I never understood why it was pronounced gird. Anyway. Yeah. So here's what's happening, y'all. A second straight corner. We The U.S. economy did shrink again by 0.9%. That's never a great thing. It's less than the first quarter, the last quarter's, you know, decline. But still, it's a second quarter of straight decline. So it's bad news bears for the U.S. economy. Um, A big part of that, of course, has been the fact that consumer spending has been slowing down. Um, Investments in business and the investments that businesses are making have been slowing down. Um, It's not all bad news, though. And like this picture of what's going on in the economy is super complex. And the way that it's affecting you guys at home 
and even us, you know, in, in my basement and Tiffany, you know, in her beautiful office, it's all affecting us a little bit different. So I, I think we should have like an open conversation. I welcome you guys to ask your questions about, you know, what is concerning you whether it's like financially or professionally about the recession that we're in. And while you guys are submitting some questions, please do live chat. Um, and for those of you who are catching the replay, feel free to slide into our DMs. We're at Brown Ambition Podcast on IG with any questions that you guys have or any thoughts or concerns. But let's talk about some of the, like what's really happening holistically, Tiff. Like, yeah. you know, yes, the GDP is down. Yes, inflation is hella high. Yes. Hello, hello, hi. That's a huge contributing factor, even more so in this quarter, to the slowdown in the mm -hmm. GDP. Um, consumer spending, like, I don't blame people for spending less. Spending less, yes. You know? I think, like, even personally, I'm doing things like I wasn't doing before. Like, instead of ordering my groceries, like, I used to do that willy-nilly, especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Order the groceries so I could pick them up and just, you know, pop the trunk and they would deliver them. But I realized I'm spending more money doing that because of fees. And so I've actually, like, gone back to just shopping in person and, like, planning my little grocery trip. And I am, like, my husband and I, it's really hard to not spend 75 freaking dollars when we order out yeah. on the weekends and during the week. Mm -hmm. So I we've slowed down, you know, the restaurant eating. I'm trying to cook at home more because our grocery bill is crazy. Like two, $300 a week just buying regular stuff. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are feeling, right? No, absolutely. And something that I just want to preface this with is that I know sometimes recessions seem like, oh my gosh, what's going on? They are a natural part of the economic cycle. Recessions usually happen every 10 to 15 years or so. And truth be told, we have like the we went through our longest stretch of not having recession. Um, mm -hmm. And we we broke that stride in 2020 because, you know, we had that mini recession in 2020 during the pan panorama. Right. But that was the longest the U.S. had ever gone in its history without a recession. So, you know, we're kind of overdue because even though we had that panorama, we had that mini recession in 2020. I didn't really feel it. Y'all didn't really feel it. Why? Because we were stimulated to death, right? We got all that stimulus yeah. money. You ain't had to pay that mortgage. You ain't had to pay that rent. You ain't had to pay that student loan. Yeah. So as a result, you know, um, we're kind of like overdue for a recession. Mm -hmm. Think of a recession as a refresh. Mandra and I were talking offline and a recession is kind of like a like a forest fire, right? So forest fires um, are, are definitely devastating, but it is a way for mother nature to reset so typically a forest has reached capacity. It can no longer support itself. And so not the forest fires that I started by those folks who do like the, the pregnancy gender reveal and, you know, pop off fireworks and burn down, you know, a neighborhood. Yeah. No, no, no. We're talking about yeah. natural forest fires that typically happen because there's a lightning storm. The lightning hits a tree. The tree lights everything on fire. It's mm. because it is time for the forest to reset. And recessions are a refresh. They help to weed out toxic assets. They help to weed out bad investments, bad companies that are really not doing, you know, um, well and are actually bringing down the economy. So just I just wanted to, to, to for you to keep that in mind. Um, but this was this recession, non-recession, because the, the federal government is not claiming it. You know, you know how like your ex-boyfriend wasn't trying to claim you, you know, they're not trying to claim it. Although you're like, but we live together. How are you not claiming me? That's how this recession is giving that like, yeah. oh, so two consecutive um, um, quarters of down of downturn. But you're not claiming me. But the reason is because also I see someone has a question about um, the job market. It's because. Unemployment is at historic lows, literally mm. generational lows. So typically during recession, that's not so. 
but also inflation is at historic highs. People are not spending as much. There was a report that came out with Walmart and Target. They were both saying how they're basically doing fire sales and selling off so much of their inventory at a loss because they experience inflation as well. So like companies have to pay more for goods and services. And then we also experience inflation as consumers and they are cutting costs, even though they've had to pay more for the product or service in order to, to, to present it to you. So, you know, we're on this weird yo-yo of like, but there's plenty of jobs, but people don't have, you know, the money to spend on um, things at Target and Walmart unless it's necessities. So I just wanted to give you like a broader perspective of like, what does that kind of look like? That's why I got a really good deal in the Adirondack chairs. Last <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, should we go to the questions real quick? Hey, everybody, I see the comments. This is my first time on YouTube Live, so I'm excited. I know Tiff <laughs> does this like in her sleep, but I'm excited. So we see, oh, hey, BA fam in the chat. Okay, we got a question from, let's say Carla. Carla asks, what does this mean for job security? Do you think there will be layoffs? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, there already have been several, you know, big companies, there's smaller companies that are that are making layoffs too. I mm -hmm. mean, we've seen companies like Twitter, Redfin, which is a big um, uh, realtor, like home buying, you know, company. Uh, Shopify just this week, I have a friend at Shopify, and he, he said that there was 10% cuts at mm -hmm. Shopify, you know, so yes, layoffs are happening. I think this is to be expected. One of the key indicators for you know, GDP, which we're seeing declining is the investments that businesses are making. And I think the one of the biggest investments businesses do make is people. Mm -hmm. So labor. Um, and it's often like we're expensive, salaries are expensive. So you do see companies when they're trying to save, you know, potentially have layoffs. What I'm hearing, you know, as I'm a, I'm a I do career coaching, and what I'm hearing from clients is, um, I was in the interview process for such and such, and I've been told that it's on pause for a while, you know, and I think maybe instead of like layoffs, what you may be encountering is like those hiring freezes or hiring pauses, where companies are just like, let's just chill, you know, let's just not say yes to new headcount or, mm -hmm. you know, new hires until we see how things shake out. Um, but I think if you're someone who you're working now and you're concerned, you know, I think it's really industry specific. Have you noticed, Tiff, like a lot of recruiters have been getting laid off? And I it makes notice. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, I think at Twitter, for example, it was only the first wave of layoffs were recruiters were like okay. from the talent acquisition part, which like makes sense mm -hmm. when you think about it. Right. Cause I mean, if they're slowing down hiring, yeah. do you need as many recruiters? And I think if you're, you know, and, and other jobs, by the way, you know, I still have clients who are getting jobs at places like Google, Amazon yeah. job offers this week. Yeah. So there's still lots of jobs to be had, but I think it's really like, what is the, the skill type. set? Yeah. yeah, the type. And I think it's it's a good reminder of the importance of always investing in your skills and mm -hmm. what and how you can develop yourself so that you are one of those people that it's harder for companies to lose. Mm -hmm. You know? Illustrating if, that Oprah. Illustrate your Oprah for <laughs> sure. And even thinking like, okay. Maybe instead of like sometimes at companies, they may try to reassign you to another team. So what other skills do you have? What other team could you see yourself fitting into? Um, but yeah, I can understand why folks are a little concerned because layoffs, they're not like at crazy, crazy highs. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there are it, it is happening out there. Yes. So next question, we're going to go with Jessica. 
Jessica asks, when will we start to see the impact later this year or mostly next year? Good question, Jessica. So we're mm. already seeing the impact now. So I did see a quick question about, are we in a recession? The answer is, yo no say. Meaning, I don't ish. know. <laughs> right? So we, let, let, we are in a recession-ish. So by mm. technical definition of two consecutive quarters of economic downturn, GDP going down, down, down. Yes, we have hit that. So the GDP, they officially announced it's six months straight that we've had of economic downturn. Okay, like a contraction in the economy. So less versus yeah. more. But we also have growth in other areas that typically would also indicate a recession. So it's like we down bad here, we up cute here. So they're like, eh. You know, so to your to answer your question, Jessica, like when we start to see the impact, you're seeing it now, right? Like mm -hmm. one, because um, um, high inflation rates are are one of like the recession um, indicators and we're seeing that things cost more. I know the last time you went to the grocery store, you were like, oh, hell no. Right. Nuts. The market is all over the place. You know, well, she's down, down, down. I mean, like it's like people I tell people, don't look at you. Don't look at your phone. Okay. Leave that thing alone because that thing is banging right now. So you're seeing that there mm -hmm. as well. Um, you might be seeing it. Like I mentioned earlier, some retailers are slashing prices because they have to get rid of inventory and get an influx of cash because people are not buying past the necessities. So they're not buying the, the, the TV. So people are sticking to groceries as they ought to, but groceries also have a low profit margin, meaning that they don't make a lot of money off groceries. So when you go to Target and you're like, eh, like we are all to do, and you buy your groceries, Target is giving you groceries at like a discount because they know you're going to mosey on over to other things. I have to avoid like, the home goods section. Oh, mm -mm. yes. I can't Clothes, go over there. Home goods, uh, also like electronics, <laughs> those are high uh, margin items, meaning they could sell them at like um, at multiple. So you buy it for a dollar, they, you know, they buy it for a dollar, they sell it to you for two. And yeah. so, but people are not doing that. They're sticking just to grocery. So that's also an, an indicator, meaning that like you're going to see the impact now. Um, and you will continue to see the impact. And if we enter into a like fully recognized recession, you will continue to see the impact during the recession and after the recession. And so, um, so I hope that answers your question, Jessica. They're like, yes, you we're in the impact now, whether they call it recession or not, we're we're feeling the impact now. Absolutely. We feel in it. Yeah. We had a latecomer. So she asked, are we in a recession? Um, yeah, ish. We're in a, the, the latest data, again, for those latecomers, 0.9% decline in GDP. This is a second quarter of straight decline. So it's not looking great. It's not looking great. But we are trying to talk about other indicators. And let's take a question. Where did I see it? Someone Ashanti. Yes, Ashanti. Ashanti says, I'm currently unemployed due to my job ending and I'm looking for better opportunities. Would the possibility of a recession affect my abilities to negotiate for more money? So here's some good news, Ashanti. Actually, wages are still up. So wages have increased somewhere between like four and 5% this year. Um, and labor demand is really strong. I mean, I love this. I'm gonna, can I post a link anyway? There's, a, there's something called the Hiring Lab. And it is a study and research set indeed.com, which is like one of the biggest job posting sites you guys know about indeed. They have been tracking job openings since the pandemic. Job openings are still up over 
compared to the beginning of the pandemic. So wages are up, demand for employees, demand for labor is still strong. So if you're in the job market, it could actually be a great time for you to negotiate for more. And, and I wouldn't want anyone to think I should accept less or let me like lowball myself because I want to have a good chance at getting a job. Try to resist that. Um, but that, that being said, think about the field that you're in and mm -hmm. is the demand up um, especially for your skill set. Don't know what, feel, what, what field you're in particularly, but you know you may have a bit of a easier time negotiating more pay if you're in like a high demand field um, versus like we were talking about earlier about people in recruiting or the talent acquisition field may be a little bit trickier. Um, but there's still reasons to be optimistic about your job search for sure. Good. All right. It looks like Tamika has a question. Tamika, will inflation hey, ever go back down? Meek, meek. That's why I call Let my me get my Tamika. crystal ball. Hold on. Where did I put it? <laughs> it's around here somewhere. Well, here's what I'll say. Although we don't have a crystal ball, typically the United States has a stable inflation rate of about 1% to 3%, which we have maintained for many, many, many years. This inflation rate of like what, we're over 9% now is- It's cray cray. Yes, it's not our typical. So, of course, there's no way for us to know. But if we're going to look at history that, you know, we can we can um, postulate that inflation hopefully will return to a to a, um, you know, like our, our normal inflation rate of one to three percent. I mean, because we cannot continue to maintain at this at this inflation rate. This is why, honestly, why you see the Fed's raising rates, because when when things Whenever there is an issue with the economy, they don't have too many tools to navigate. They can give away money. They can offer aid to say you don't have to pay for things, but they can also like restrict access to credit. And they do this by raising rate rates, right? They're like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, you know, um, what you're going to pay for your interest rate that you're going to pay for a house or a car is going to eliminate some people from being able to afford a house or a car. These are the, these are the tools that the feds have at there and the federal government has at their disposal. So I say all that to say that they use these tools um, to hope to, to stabilize the economy. So I would hope that they would bring the um, inflation rate back down or else we're in big trouble. Um, and if we look at history, yeah. history tells us that like they should be able to do so. Well, let's talk about one of the biggest drivers of inflation, too, which has been the fact that, like, there has been increased demand for stuff. But because mm -hmm. of the pandemic, like, we're still in this period where companies can't create the stuff as fast as they used to or to meet that demand. So, like, it's classic. Even me with my B and econ, I can tell you that when supply decreases and you got more people wanting stuff, then, you know, that can lead to some inflation. So hopefully once, you know, companies get a handle on their supply chains and, and we're able to like level things out, we may see that come back um, to a little bit of normalcy. Mm -hmm. But I feel like one of the biggest things you mentioned, the Fed rate hike, and I want to go to Jessica Rogers question. She asks, what could this mean for home buying? And mm -hmm. this increase in Fed rates directly, it doesn't, actually, it's like a myth that when the Fed increases rates, that mortgage rates fall in step with that. But because of because the Fed rate impacts um, other parts of the system, it typically like indirectly impacts mortgage rates. So rates are getting more expensive. And we have seen, um, like I was just reading this article that said that, you know, because people are facing higher mortgage costs, like the fact that you could get like a 2% interest rate mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And now it's like, what, four or 5%. It's, it's getting really expensive. 
Plus, there's just not a lot of homes out there. Yes. Homes were already like cray cray high. Mm -hmm. So it's actually Americans are canceling their deals to purchase homes at the highest rate since the start of the pandemic. And I think that must be because they're like sticker shock, yes. one thing. And then it's like, maybe wait for rates to come back down because obviously mortgage rates can go up and down. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're not pressed right now to buy a home, you may want to wait. You know, it may be the best thing for you financially to just like let things simmer down. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tiff, didn't you tell a story about someone who like missed out or couldn't buy yes. couldn't afford a house? Well, it was around the corner from where I yeah. live. There was a woman who she had locked in a rate at like three point whatever percent. You know, she was great. Her a real estate agent dropped the ball. Um, and, you know, you can only hold a rate typically for like 30 days and you can get an extension. Um, and so they they fail to file or whatever, do whatever, so she can get her extension. So the house that she wanted to get, she couldn't afford it with the new interest rate. So it's mm -hmm. not a housing cost. That what you're going to pay monthly on a house is is the cost of the house, but also the cost to borrow money to purchase that house. So if you're buying a house cash, whoop, whoop, you don't got to worry about interest rates. But if you are financing, it's going to factor into what your monthly amount is. I actually had to have a come to Jesus talk with my um, my brother-in-law this morning because, you know, he's buying um, um, my late husband, Jarrell, our, our, our second property. He's purchasing it. And then I'm going to take that money and set it aside for my bonus daughter, Alyssa, to add to her, you know, her legacy, the legacy her father left her. But I told him, I'm like, bruh, don't drag your feet. I said, because you might price yourself out from that house. Thankfully, he's going through a program called NACA, which helps to, I think the interest rate that they're offering him is 3.5%, which is great. So they're locking that in for him. But I'm like, make sure that you are doing everything they ask because, you know, I'm in Jersey. So housing prices are still increasing, not as dramatically as before, but with interest rates increasing, I don't know what NACA is going to do. You know, they have their own program about keeping interest rates low. But I said, if these things creep up, you might not be able to afford the very same house you could afford six months ago. So I put a little fear of God in him, but hopefully that puts a little fear of, of God in you too. Um, so yeah. So and with housing, I mean, there's no way. I mean, everyone's claiming like a, there, it's not going to be as bad as the 2008 crash or there might be not, not a crash at all. Um, I don't know that you should be holding your breath for crash or not crash. It's if you want to purchase a house, you know, take your time to do so um, smart and keep your debt to income ratio low with lowered lower debt payments by paying off your debt. Keep your credit score decent you know, maintain income coming in. If you do those things, you know, there are deals to be had in every market. And if you're patient, you can find them. Okay, VA fam, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with more recession day, taking more of your questions about are we in a recession? Is this a recession? What's going on? See y'all back after the break. Hey, VA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We got another yeah. question. 
Um, Shiro, Shiro, da, 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 da. No, is that He-Man? I don't remember. One of those, um, you know, He-Man was the, the whatever, the initial like character from Hanna-Barbera, I think whatever. And then Shiro was like the girl's version. But I love me some Shiro. So Shiro <laughs> Bailey. Shiro. <laughs> How do we prepare? Honestly, whew, great question. So one of yeah. the things I tell people, and I've been saying this for a long time, you got to drop down and get your noodle on, girl. Mm -hmm, drop down and get your noodle on. So what is that? You have to know today, if you don't do nothing else today, calculate your noodle budget. That is your ramen noodle budget. Think about back in college, you know, you used to eat them nasty ramen noodles. I'm not talking about the delicious ones from like the authentic Asian restaurant. I'm talking about the plastic ones from the 25 cent pack. So, you know, your noodle budget really is your, if I had to eat ramen noodles, if I had to get rid of the excess and only take care of the necessities, you know, what would my budget be? So maybe your life costs you $4,000 a month. You know, you get your hair done every once in a while, nails a little bit, go out with the girls. But if you were to cut out those luxuries and just got down to the necessities, right, the health and safety things that you must have, what would your life cost you? Maybe you could save 600 bucks a month and instead of 4,000, it costs you $3,400. You don't have to live at your noodle budget, but you need to know what it is in case you hit a financial roadblock. You lose your job, things get too expensive, like the things you need get too expensive. You know what your noodle budget is and you can drop down to it. Because if you don't, so many people end up losing their job and they lose their house and their cable is still on. I am people, that was me. Mm. Um, where I still had these like expenses that were draining me, even though I had just lost my job. And so I'm like, if I would have dropped down and got my noodle on, I would have had excess money to live a little longer at my, at my current space. And then also excess money to possibly put up, put out for savings. So first things first is like, you know, cut back expenses. If you can save as much as you can, cause that's, what's going to see you through reduce your debt payments. You know, um, if you're able Definitely call your service providers if you're experiencing hardship. Like they, so many of them, especially now after the pandemic, they have hardship departments that that can help you. Um, can we talk honestly, about like reducing your debt payments for a minute? Because yeah. I was talking to one of my um, one of my Mandy moneymakers, and she was just saying like I because of interest rates rising, like credit card debt is getting more expensive, right? So mm -hmm. if you're carrying credit card debt, like there's things you can do to consolidate. So in her example, she did a balance transfer. So if you've got lingering consumer debt, you know, I feel like let's talk about some ways you can like actually tackle that to reduce your debt. So like balance transfer, you can do a debt consolidation loan. So if you go to like a credit union and get a personal loan and then you use that to pay off your credit card debt, but actually like make a plan for it because mm -hmm. it's only going to get more expensive. And the beauty of those personal loans, they come with a fixed interest rate. Yeah. So it does not change unlike your credit card debt, which is like all over the place. Yeah, that's great. And you're right. I meant Shiro, not Shiro. My bad. Y'all got me. I was like, Shiro. I'm like, I was. I swear I saw Shiro. Did yeah. I read that wrong too? It, it, okay, no, her fine. name is Shiro, but I called okay. her Shira, which it was the the opposite to He Man. Shira. Oh, gotcha. Either way, you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Poison Ivy. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see who's next. Um, let's see, Kalicia. Um, let's see, Kalicia. How do you think federal student loan repayment may be impacted? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to start repayment, but if we're in a recession, are people going to be able to pay? Yeah, Oof. I feel like this is like a more political question than anything yeah. else. I honestly think the listen, and I mean, 
we're, we welcome all political beliefs here, but it's not looking good for Democrats. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not looking good for progressives. Like inflation, it's it's killing people, you know, mm-hmm. fin- not killing, but it's really, you know, hurting people financially. And I think I read a stat that something like, even though we're, you know, the official official recession bell has not been rung yet, still like more than half of Americans think feeling like we're in a, are in yeah. a recession, right? Mm-hmm. That's bad for Democrats. And I, I feel like, for popularity's sake, going into the fact that we have midterm elections in November, midterm elections are really, really important, you guys. You know, this is when senators, representatives in Congress are getting elected, going up for re-election. So please vote. But I think maybe to maintain popularity, I wonder if they wouldn't just continue, like extend it again. Because mm-hmm. they said they were going to end it almost every quarter, I feel yeah. like, for the past couple of, like the past year. And I think because of how unpopular you know, Democrats are right now, they may try to like win us over, which is not a bad thing. But, you know, time will tell. What do you think, Tiff? No, I agree. I think that there's no way to know, like, you know, they might pitch it. We don't get to decide, you know, we have to just wait, honestly, what for the, what the president and his administration are going to do. Now, will, if it does come back, will people be able to afford it? Um, It really depends on that individual person, you know, um, yeah. the good thing about federal student loans, though, is if you are in hardship, you can still apply for some sort of hardship assistance for bear um, deferment or forbearance. So you can that that's not going to be taken off the table. So if you're like, I can't afford it, um, as long as you have not maxed out how many um, deferments or how many forbearance um, asks you've, you've taken up, then you can still do that if you still need the help, because I was the deferment queen. OK. Like I was like, girl, defer, defer. So (laughs) until I got on my feet. So that is also an option. Um, Can I just say like, despite it being like scurry time, if you have like, if you have been, you know, you have a stable job. I mean, no job honestly is, is a hundred percent exist. Right. And (laughs) so if you are like, okay, I'm pretty solid in my job. I've got good savings. You know, I'm, my debt is pretty low. Um, I'm, I'm living below my means and I've got, you know, I'm ready kind of to like, um, invest, you know, now is a good time. Like, so the thing about a recession, I have just put, I wrote notes on it and I was like, I wanted to say exactly right, which is, um, what so what happens during a recession is that good assets go on sale. So assets can be homes, could be businesses, could be um, the market. So bonds, stocks, good assets go on sale during a recession. So if you are financially stable and you've accumulated a decent amount of savings, you can go shopping for things that are only down because the economy is not down, be- not because something happened to that company. And so that is an opportunity. That's why recessions, honestly, generate more millionaires than any other time in economic history, because people who start off with, you know, a few hundred thousand or, 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 or a few thousand or a hundred thousand or whatever, you know, people who start off with that and invest went in good assets that just are currently on sale. When the sale is over, their asset just goes up through no no work on their part. And all of a sudden they owe, you know, they own twice as much, three times as much, four times as much as a result of investing when something was down just because the economy was down. So just keep that in mind too, that it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. All the more reason if you already are contributing to your 401k or your IRA, just keep those automatic payments going, just keep it going. Don't Mm -hmm. do anything. 
Should we take another question from the crowd? How about yeah. um, what's next? Abigail. Abigail's question. Would it be wise to ask our boss what they are planning to do to get us by in the recession? Ooh. I love this question. I'm getting this a lot. I don't know. I would not be at all afraid to ask that question. I think it's an obvious one. Mm -hmm. um, I would start with your boss. Just be prepared if your boss is like, because mm -hmm. I'm a manager and I, you know, my my you know, marching orders come from the top. Mm -hmm. But I think that you can absolutely ask, you know, do you foresee this impacting our team? And is there a plan in place? And it's a really good time to get a sense from your company. Do they have mm -hmm. their shit together? And are they, is there a strategy? You know, are we well prepared? I had the, I had the benefit of working for like startups and then big companies that had been around for decades. And what I found at, you know, um, places that I've been around for decades, they've endured a couple of recessions at this point, the same way mm -hmm. Tiff and I have, we're like old crotchety, like this is our <laughs> third recession. <laughs> so I feel like companies that have been standing their ground for a long time, they've already gone through things like this, you mm -hmm. know, and they've proven resilient because they're still standing. Um, so you can even look to the past. How has the company in the past mm -hmm. um, responded to recessions and economic downturns? And if, if you're interviewing right now, I know we're talking about someone who's working, but if you're interviewing and you're thinking about joining a new company, ask yourself, like, or even ask the recruiter or the hiring manager, how have you guys responded to economic downturns in the past? And what's that response looked like? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's definitely a fair question yeah. to ask for sure. Yeah, because honestly, what we we talk about. So for my companies, um, during like the 2020, like mini recession, when the pandemic hit, I remember being like, OK, because before I'm a pretty decent saver. But I said, you know, if during the pandemic, we we're able to maintain we had a really good year because quite honestly, financial brands tend to do really well during economic downturn because y'all be like, help. So I said, OK, we're seeing an uptick, unlike most industries. But I knew good things don't last always. So what I did was I said, okay, we're going to push from having, I think at, at the time we had two months worth of emergency savings. So like our total operating expenses, including payroll saved. And we pushed and I pushed and I pushed to get to six months. So all of my companies um, have six months worth of operating expenses, including payroll saved up. So just in case I don't make it home tonight, you know what I mean? So so that helps a lot with any instability that might come up. I saw that Microsoft, this is during the, I don't know what they're doing now, but this is during the pandemic. They had one year worth of operating expenses. And I said, if it's good for the goose, gosh darn it, it's good for the gander. And so that's what <laughs> that's what made me say, like, I don't know if I'm going to do a whole year, but six months was good. So it allows us to, in, in the back of my head, I think to myself, well, we have six months or more to get to figure out and pivot um, just in case something really detrimental happens. All right. Let's take a next question from Cynthia. Cynthia says, I am in real estate law. If interest rates continue to climb, I'm concerned that this will impact my job. Do you think foreclosures will rise like they did in 2008? Very good question. Yeah. Well, can I just say that the repo man has been coming for y'all's cars? You know, the car, um, cars, yeah, what it's, there is, there's been a huge uptick, Mandy, in car repossessions, which is a, one of the key indicators for a recession, huge mm. uptick on car repossessions. So, um, of course, cars are not the same as homes, you know, because obviously like, you know, you don't have a car and you can't get around, but you don't have a home and where do you live? But mm. I would just say that, like, I don't know 
if what that means for foreclosures, but I do know when people have hard financial times, they can't afford their financial obligations and they're not, yeah. they're not quick to say, I'm not paying for my home. So what you usually see is this. If you remember during the 2000, like um, nine, 10, eight recession, right? That the home market, the home, um, we didn't see the crash until years later. It's a delayed response because it takes people a while. They're like, well, I'm not going to pay my cable bill. I'm not going to pay, um, my cell phone. Oh, I'm not gonna pay my car. I'm not gonna. So it's usually what you see is a ripple and the homes come later. So if it's going to happen where we, we see this increase in like foreclosures, you know, I don't think it's going to be like this instant, you know, that instead that it will be a ripple of all of these other economic downturns because people, unemployment is down. So people still have jobs in order to pay for homes. So I just mm -hmm. say all that to say that I don't know that I would switch markets, you know, because at the end of the day, People are needed in every sing single sector and in, 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 in industry um, that we have now. They just It just means that it might look different. So I would just keep my eyes and ears open of like what a pivot, and if you're interested in this industry still, what a pivot might look like in case that does happen. Can we also talk about, you know, it's very, things, a lot of things are very different than they were in 2008. There were a lot of bad mortgages being sold to families yeah. prior to the 2008 housing crash. And that's why we saw so much foreclosure because, you know, people were getting homes that they just could not afford financially and they were getting huge mortgages um, and taking on lots of, yeah, lots of dicey financial situations because they were so close to the edge. And so when we did see that decline in the economy and jobs were lost and all of that, like, really quickly, tons of people were just way too over mortgaged. And that's why you saw so many foreclosures and short sales and things like that. I feel like this time around debt, um, or sorry, not debt, but underwriting for mortgages is stricter now because of policies that were put in place after the recession. You've got institutions like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which are, you know, um, watchdogs for lenders and making sure that they're abiding by those policies. Also, I think we're savvier as consumers. I mean, I'd like to think you've been listening to Brown Ambition, like, you know, hopefully we are more financially prepared. Um, and because of the pandemic and those stimulus checks, if you've been like, you know, stacking your coins and saving and investing, you're more resilient if that were to happen. So maybe mm -hmm. you're not as quickly to like lose your house. Um, so it's not exactly the same as 2008. I will say that. Um, and so also, like there's programs in place. So if you're struggling to buy your home, like contact your lender, mm -hmm. you know, see what kind of um, uh, hardship, you know, programs they may have and just ask for help, you know, before you get to that point. That's what I'll add there. Yes. Next question on the docket. Luli, Luli Mao. I like Luli. that name, Luli. Luli said, should I wait to get a home improvement loan, not a HELOC? Okay. Mm -hmm. So a HELOC, just so you guys know, it's a home equity line of credit. That basically means you borrow against the house. The house is almost like a credit cord and mm -hmm. you tap into it because um, banks are like, worst case scenario, you don't pay me back. I take your house, sis, and then I use it to pay me back. So that's a yeah. home equity line of credit. So she's asking, um, you know, should she take out just, you know, not a home equity line of credit, which most people tell you, don't do it. Um, should she just take out an improvement loan, which you can do too, which is different. Um, personal loan. Personal loan. So my my only concern, well, here's the thing. We've been spoiled with that super low interest rate that we had. And I know it's like, oh my God, like, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to wait till the interest rate gets back down to two or 3% is probably not likely. 
because that was a historic wait. What? That was the gap selling jeans for 12, 50 cents. That's just not, you know, that like I, when my parents bought uh, their house in the 80s, it was like interest rates were double digits. It was not yeah. uncommon to have 10, 12. So even 5%, that's like kind of like average. Like, you know, that's where, so, you know, I would say that if you were going to take out a, you know, personal loan and the house is going to be kind of like the backing for that, um, typically personal loans um, where you have a, um, a uh, tangible asset as a backing that the interest rate is typically better because companies feel like uh, the bank feels like worst case scenario, we could take your house if you don't have our money versus just like swiping a card or just having credit um, where there's like nothing backing it. They just have to like yell at you and try to get their money that you should get a decent interest rate. I would look at your credit score and ask myself, okay, you know, is my credit score enough to get me the very best interest rate out there? I would also look to see like, are you solid in other areas? If you have other debt you're trying to pay down, I don't suggest people getting into more debt right before or during a pending recession, unless they're super, super solid in other areas. And this is like, you know, this wouldn't be um, a hard burden to take on. You know, now is not the time to to buy new stuff um, if we are entering into a recession. Like I said, technically, you know, it, it it's looking like a recession, but although they're not claiming it to be thus so. So I would just say, be mindful of your holistic financial overview and whether or not you should move forward. And if not, you might want to wait it out. Yeah. And shop and compare, like get some estimates, see if you can get, you know, an estimate of what your a loan, a home improvement loan, like a personal loan rate may be and compare that to what an estimate of a rate may be for a HELOC. Um, yeah. If you work with a, a lender or a bank, then maybe you can compare. Maybe it's like, I'll just choose the option that has the lower rate, but definitely like keep in mind, if you can't pay that back, your home is on the line. So yeah. I agree with Tiff. First of all, I love that some of you guys are sneaking watching at work. Like, well, let me not say love it because I got employees, <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't be mad at them, honestly. I would say if you get your work People done, we're talking about it at work anyway. Might as well do it how you do it. <laughs> you know, like oh, the Robinson crew. What you had to say, Robinson crew? Robinson crew said, "Oh, I love you, ladies. You have changed my life in so many good ways." Yay! Aww. We have a listener. <laughs> we have a listener, Yuri from Australia, who Love says it. it's 2.25 a.m. here, but I had to catch your live. I'm a diehard fan. Oh, yeah. We love you, too. We do. We do. Mate. <laughs> Ricky, I don't know. Uh, oh, my gosh. So we're going to wrap up. We, do you have any closing thoughts, um, uh, Mandra? Anything? Listen. Yes. I am the career queen. I think that the career is the root of all of our, you know, our wealth building and all of that. So for me, it's all about professional resilience, you know, whether you are worried about the job that you have now or thinking about the job that you want in the future and what this could mean for you, just bring it back to what you can actually control. And how are you building professional resilience so that you can weather any storm, not maybe not this recession, but the next one, because there's sure always going to be another one. So are you expanding your professional brand? Are you letting people know about all the excellent work that you're doing? Are you looking for opportunities for professional development to invest in new skills that are in demand for your field? Are you, like Tiffany always says, illustrating your Oprah so that people, you're not someone's best kept secret that they're actually, you know, aware of all the excellent work that you're doing. I have got lots and lots of um, resources on this and how to, you know, 
build professional resilience. You can check me out, follow me at Mandy Money for all career advice. But that's my key takeaway is professional resilience. It will make you feel much more in control during times like this when a lot of stuff is really out of our control at the end of the day. And my final words are just like, kind of like, you know, just really think about hunkering down, um, you know, not getting into brand new debt right now, if, unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, really trying to bulk up on that savings so you can have a little cushion just in case. Um, but also bulk up on savings so you can lean into investing. Get the girl, get you them jeans on sale, you know, get these assets on sale. Um, and um, honestly, remember people first, right? So check in on your people. I know this is not super money-ish advice, but like, you know, sometimes people are struggling and they're not saying. And so, you know, you're not alone in this. Check in on your people, have regular conversations. You want to make sure that if we do hit really bad economic times that, you know, people know they can, you know, the people you love and care about know that you are checking in on them. They can lean on you. You can offer support. They can offer you support. And um, continue to listen to Brown Ambition. Oh, you know what? Since we're doing. And sidebar, hello. This is like literally the recession book right here. <laughs> Get good with money. Okay. If you're if you're listening and you're a listener, instead of watcher, I'm holding up the book. Okay. Um, no, but for real, I wrote it for times like this. It is to build times like this. You need a strong financial foundation. And that is what Get Good With Money is all about. That is what um, financial wholeness, that's the 10 steps that I wrote about in the book is all about. You can get you a copy at getgoodwithmoney.com. And we love y'all. We love seeing y'all every, or hearing from y'all every Wednesday, every Friday. Just continue to listen and tell your friends about us because it's cute over here. Thank you, BA fam. We love y'all. Should we do more of these? That was fun. (laughs) That was fun. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.